All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome to yet another edition of a top 10,000 podcast on earth. No theme required. <laughs> top 10,000, I love it. We are high in the rankings, right? We are now. definitely high in the rankings. Top 10,000, guaranteed. Climbing every week, every single week. Gaining followers, respect to everybody from Angola to Croatia to the U.S. Virgin Islands, from Tacoma all the way out to New Jersey. A couple of listeners out there in Massachusetts. I was checking on the RSS. Oh, you so, were. Appreciate you people out there in Boston. Pretty sure it's my brother. But um, cheers. You know, shout out to you and uh, thanks for listening. So I do have to admit, I fucked up when it came to posting episode 15. I know. Shame on me. Didn't hit the publish button. <laughs> Everything was uploaded. Just forgot to hit publish. Just missed the most crucial step, but it's fine. Yes, yeah, so I forgive you. Our, our listeners are going to get quite a gift, though. You're going to get two episodes, and um, I'm going to say. I told you so for a couple of fun facts in that last show. You just got to listen to it and find out what they were. Yes. There you go. There you go. So yeah, we're on. Do we're on your homework. Episode 16, heading into these NFL playoffs. That's where we're going to start. Actually, first things first. Um, you know, big prayers up and super thankful for the fact that Hamlin. Damar Hamlin. Made a, made, made a, you know, what looks to be or what's going to be, you know, a full recovery as far as... His health is concerned. You know, will he ever step on a football field? That's yet to be seen. But as as far as him surviving what really was a tragic incident on the football field, the first time I've ever seen that happen, you know, on TV or live. And this is coming from somebody that's seen, you know, many a concussions, like people coming head on, knocked out cold. I've seen compound fractures. I've seen knees blown out. I've seen... A lot of crazy shit in the football field as far as injuries are concerned. But never in my life has I, have I seen um, you know, someone needing CPR actually on the football field itself. So, scary moment for all the NFL. All their fans, plus the teams, you know, give a lot of support out to the Hamlin family. So, I want you to know that No Theme Required has your support as well. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy to see that you're making a, what looks to be a full recovery. And um, praying to see you on the football field again in 2023. It made my heart smile when I found out that Mr. Hamlin was able to FaceTime the Bills during their their team meeting. I think it was either today or yesterday. But just the fact that he's up and running, he's able to talk, um, it just makes me so happy. And I'm sure, I know I'm not the only one who is happy that DeMar has improved drastically over the past few days. I absolutely love to see it. Uh, The ultimate comeback story. and I will never forget watching that game this past Monday night. I was actually watching it with my, with my my parents, and my mom just broke down crying. Damn. She just she she couldn't handle the moment. I can't blame her. It was unprecedented, unlike anything we have ever seen on the football field. Like you said earlier, it's just um, something that we had to kind of come to terms with in that moment. Something we were not ready to see, but. Very, very glad he is back with us. Yes, of course. Big shout out to the athletic training team of the Buffalo Bills responding immediately and knowing exactly what to do. Those seconds were critical. Yes, they were. And they very likely saved his life or at least prevented any further damage as far as um, like a restrictive oxygen going up to the brain. Correct. Which is, is, like I said, critical in those uh, moments right after it occurred. So big shout out to the Buffalo Bills support staff. 
you know, shout out to athletic trainers everywhere for everything that you guys do on the football field because you are quite literally saving lives out there. Mm-hmm. All Very right. True. But with that being said, let's uh, let's start off with the AFC playoff picture. One game tomorrow night being Saturday evening, I guess Saturday if you're living on the West Coast. But it's the Chiefs Raiders and Chiefs here looking to wrap up the AFC and the one seed. Uh, I believe a win and they wrap it up. Is that correct? Correct. Yes, they clinch correct. the one seed with the win and a and a Buffalo loss actually. Mm-hmm. That's what they need to have happen to clinch. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So this game will be very interesting because Jared Stidham, who is now the starter for the Raiders, he proved himself a valuable player in the NFL last week when he absolutely torched the Niners defense. So we can see if that was a one-off game now that he's going up against the Chiefs, who have arguably one of the worst pass defenses in the league. (laughs) So this will be a very interesting matchup to see if he can duplicate what he did last week. I believe he threw for over 300 had three touchdowns, two picks. Not bad for his first ever start. Not bad at all. In fact, it went much more successful than his couple stints with the Patriots. <laughs> no when, doubt. When he came in, and I believe one of his first passes was actually an interception. <laughs> but that, like... that happens to a lot of rookie quarterbacks, believe it or not. It does. It does. Sam Darnold, his yeah. first ever pass in the NFL was a pick six. It was. It was. <laughs> I remember just uh, watching that because I took the Jets in the money line and saw him down Sam oh. Donald's first start. He ultimately won the game. At the yeah, end. he did. He did. Um, yeah, I remember I was sitting in business class or one of my business classes just watching the game update on my phone and it was just like Sam Darnold intercepted by so-and-so, touchdown. I'm like, oh, that's a good start to the game. And yeah. I didn't know it was first pass of the game until I woke up the next morning and I was listening to a WFAN 660 and uh, discovered that that was the case. <laughs> yeah. What a way to start your career in the NFL. I know. I know. Wow. So welcome to the NFL moment. Amazing, dude. On literally your first play. Yeah. yeah. In the regular season. Welcome to, to the big time. Ugh. Yeah. Time to show up. Um, ultimately, though, I think that the Chiefs take care of business here. Uh, we're just going to put a little bit more pressure on the Patriots and the Bills game uh, on Sunday. Yes. Very true. We do have one playoff game already on Saturday. Titans-Jaguars, winner take all. Uh, The the winner of this game is going to the playoffs. Yes. Titans on a terrible losing skid right now. Um, But believe it or not, even though they're sitting at 7-9 and and going on a seven-game losing streak, here we are, week 17, 18. I keep doing that. <laughs> it it does feel weird. I mean, this is the first year that we've had an extra week in the NFL regular season. It's Man. it's just odd. A second year, right? Second season. No, no, it's the first. Really? It's the first. They played Correct. seventeen games last year. Uh-huh. Yeah, they did. They did. They had four preseason games last year. This, this year's year. three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I yep. guess you're right. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. All right. That's so wild, dude. Not my fault then. But yeah. <laughs> Here we are sitting now, week eighteen. Mike Vrabel's Titans, 7-9. and nine. Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm going to say Trevor Lawrence's Jaguars, 8-8. Eight and eight. Didn't expect them to be in this moment at all. Especially when you consider the Jaguars' start of 2-7. and seven, Sorry, 2-6. and six. At one point, they were 3-7. and seven. Right. But winners of four straight games, they find themselves in a win and in. Yes. Who you got? Okay, so the Titans will be starting Joshua Dobbs in this matchup. Uh, they do not have Ryan Tannehill or Malik. Uh, shoot, what's his last name? Yes, yes. 
So, Liberty quarterback? Yes, correct. On their third quarterback now, the, the Titans offense is so one-dimensional, and if you can box up Derrick Henry, you will win the day. So, um, I mean, this is a, a Titans team that has not scored more than 14 points in any of their past three games. And then at the same time, the Jags have only given up six combined points in their past two games. So their their defense has been lights out. And I did start their defense last week for my fantasy team in the week one of the, the championship. It paid off. Big time. Big time. So... I think this will be a closer game than people expect. Uh, what's what's the line? Six and a half. Six and a half. Um, I will take the Jaguars in this in this matchup, but I don't think they cover. Yeah, it's going to be a close game. Uh, I'd be surprised to see any team run away with it. I do think that the Jaguars, riding their hot streak, are going to ultimately be successful in it because of the points that you just mentioned with Joshua Dobbs starting at quarterback. Right. No offense to Dobbs, but in his first start last week, did not look good he did not he no, did not it, it, he just looks like like any rookie would you know just underprepared and uh quite right. frankly just not ready for the moment and he's going up as you stated a jaguars defense that reminds me of the saxonville days um <laughs> yeah when they when right. they made all the way down to the afc championship with calais campbell on that yeah. d-line oh yeah. that was a special and they had a, a jalen ramsey and miles jack yeah of course mm-hmm. yeah yeah Mm-hmm. They were a scary defense. A well-oiled yeah. team being coached by Tom Coughlin. So That's Tom right. Coughlin defenses were always stout defenses. Uh-huh. That's what he was known for. Carried them to the championship. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. So Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne, Zay Jones. It's going to be mm-hmm. too much for the Titans defense to handle. And ultimately, they're not going to be able to keep them off the scoreboard. Uh, at least not enough where that offense that literally has been stymied by other defenses it's going to be a long day unless king henry can get it done with a couple chunk runs right right as as we know he can do on any given oh yeah sunday oh yeah but it's just a matter of if their their offense can be more than just one one dimensional well if they play the time of possession game yes that's ultimately going to be their chance to win it exactly how the commanders beat the eagles i i want to say like back in week eight or week nine yeah and they just controlled that that clock i, yeah. I want to say they had 45 minutes worth yeah. of possessions and the jaguars are a team that, that are known to throw the ball a lot they'll mm-hmm. throw the ball on first down second down third down especially with you know the, the travis etn uh uh, uh Routes that go out to the flat are, are, are those bubble smoke screens, which mm-hmm. are essentially an extension of the run game. Yeah. They're just long handoffs. Right. Very true. So, yeah, it's going to be an intriguing game. I'm looking forward to tuning in tomorrow night, 5-15, first round of playoffs, week 18. That's right. How weird is it that there's two games on Saturday and then the rest are on Sunday. I just thought there would be for tomorrow's slate. I just thought there would be a morning, afternoon, and night game like the the trifecta. What we saw on Christmas Day, but instead it's just two games. It's kind of weird. Uh, yeah, there's there's got to be some other game that's scheduled that ESPN just happened to take. Right. right. Potentially. Hogging it all up, dude. Well, I guess it it is eight fifteen on the East Coast. True. True. So we can't base it off the West Coast times. No, no, we can't. Good it's point. Still Saturday night. Right. But it doesn't go into the Saturday late evening. Right. Like Pac-12 games. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that started like at um, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Some, sometimes 11. Yeah, and 8 p.m. kickoff out here. 11 p.m. kickoff wild. Eastern. Yeah. 
like sometimes I'd get home from like I remember like get home from party in college, mm-hmm. like turn on the TV. It's two a.m. I'm like, oh, Hawaii's playing Boise State right now. <laughs> it's live. Don't yeah. mind if I do. <laughs> There's two minutes left in the second quarter. It's not even halftime. Yeah. Fuck. Uh-huh. <laughs> These kids are playing until three in the morning, basically East Coast time. Wait. That would be Hawaiian time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're like, damn. God damn. This game's on late. Yeah, it is. It is, dude. That's oh, wild. Colt McCoy. Not yes. Colt McCoy. Colt Brennan, sorry. The other Colt. Mm-hmm. The other Colt. Mm-hmm. All right. So moving forward in this AFC playoff picture, let's go over some other clinching scenarios. So yep. uh, we got New England. They're taking on the Bills on the road in Orchard Park. In order for them to make it in, they got to win. And um, they can still get in if they don't win, but they need a Miami, a Pittsburgh, and a Tennessee loss. Wow. You need a lot to happen right there. Now, you could place a parlay bet on that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I could. <laughs> I could. And then if if you win that parlay bet, the Pats go to the playoffs. Not so, bad. I think the Buffalo Bills are, are going to come in as a focus team. They're, they're going to have to if they're going to want to win this game. Right. Because we know for a fact that Bill Belichick is not going to go down slowly. And, no, and yeah, the Bills did handle business and uh, ultimately took over the game in the second half in their first meeting early on in the season. Mm-hmm. But you can never count out a Buffalo, uh, sorry, sorry, a Bill Belichick coach team against the Buffalo Bills, who he's had their number for the majority of the past two decades. Very true, very true. Now, the Bills did play the Pats, obviously, earlier this, this year. Um, they In that matchup, they doubled the Patriots' time of possession, also held yeah. their rushing attack to 60 yards on the ground. Yeah, they, they dominated the second half they of the did. game. They did. But I'm pretty sure it was either within a field goal or a touchdown going into the half. It was a close, right, yeah. right, going yeah. in, in, and then into that half. That's when the struggles of Matt Patricia really became apparent. Oh boy! As far as the relationship between himself and Mac Jones, because uh-huh. Mac Jones was very upset that they weren't throwing the fucking ball. Yeah, yeah. Mac Jones probably has some of the least passing attempts of any quarterback this year. <laughs> yeah, how many does he get? The guy just does not get a chance. Um, okay, looking up. Yeah, Mac Jones pass attempts. This this will be good here. Gonna come up with like what all time? Mahomes got it. No, Brady's got to be first. Uh, for passing yards? No attempts. Okay, attempts. It's got to be Brady. It is Brady. Yeah, by a lot. Seven hundred sixteen. Top three for for pass attempts: Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, Kirk Cousins. Now, if we go on down, oh, he's winning by over a hundred. Yeah, yeah that, that's absolutely amazing. Right? Yep, almost, almost. Seven sixteen, six sixty-two. Yes, oh, okay. yes. Very close though. Now. Mac Jones, surprisingly not as far down as I would have expected. Well, Tua didn't play three games. However, he is also <laughs> barely above Tua, who's out, Kyler, who's out, Jacoby, who's out, Kenny Pickett, who's still there, Dak, who's been injured, um, and Andy Dalton, Lamar Jackson, who's out, Ryan Tannehill, who's out. So he basically is at the bottom of, of the barrel when it comes to passing. For active quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah for, for active quarterbacks. Correct, correct. Major asterisk right there. Uh, but he's still, like, if I had to guess, uh, definitely in the top 20, which means 32, 12 other quarterbacks are, are below him, active quarterbacks. That's absolutely Yeah, wild. I mean, one of them's going to be, like, Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz. Right. 
Right. You know, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Yeah, true. You know? True. So that, that asterisk. Baker Mayfield. Yes. Matt Stafford, like those guys are. Dude, we get to see Baker live on Sunday. I know, we are. I'm pretty pumped about that. Yeah, I am I'm hoping too, he plants some kind of flag. Yeah. Yeah. We need the Seahawks to win this game, though. We do, dude. Yes, we do. 12th yes, man. We do. 12th man are coming. Yes. All right, so taking the, the Bills here. Now, what's interesting, I just learned um, the Pats are 0 4 against the spread against teams with winning records this season. So, um, taking the Bills here, also taking the Bills against the spread. Not going to bet on the, on the Pats. Because the spread right now is 7 7. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think it'll be a cover. closer than expected matchup. But the Bills, in the end, are going to whip, win this game. Now, what's interesting here, looking off to the next one, um, well, maybe this one is just there because you have they are. favored it. They are. Um, which, which is fine. Uh, but the Cowboys are playing for potentially the number one seed. Yeah, seed they can get the bye the if the Niners lose, Eagles lose, and Vikings lose. That's right. That's right. Actually, they might not even in the Vikings to lose because they beat him head-to-head. They smoked him. Nice. Let me check that. Let's check that. We got the scenarios. Scenarios courtesy of CBS Sports. Love you, CBS. Thank yeah, you. Thanks, CBS. So yeah, Dallas can clinch. Philadelphia lost. San Francisco lost. Because they, they, they have the head-to-head against right. the Vikings. Right. Now, the, the Eagles lost. Depends who's playing quarterback. I think they announced today that... Is it not going to be Gardner Minshew? Is Hurts coming back this week? Let's find out. They should have announced the injury report. QB Hurts trending to play as Eagles chase number one. Hot damn. I mean, like I said, you're missing time. You're not going to be as well-oiled as it used to be. No, dude. How many games did he miss? Two? Two. Yeah, so he had basically two and a half weeks off against the Giants, who are already in the playoffs, but Brian Dable said it himself, Stoddards ain't resting. (laughs) Stoddards ain't resting. That's right. Keep them going. Put it together right now. He looked good. He's looking better and better. No doubt. No turnovers. That's his biggest thing. Yeah. To be honest here, I I don't think any team will be resting any of their starters this weekend. No, it's a very big, very tight race. Whereas in in past years, you've seen um, teams obviously rest their their starters if they've already clinched that, that number one seat. But that has not happened in either the AFC or the NFC heading into week 18. So... Still a lot on the line for these teams to play for. Speaking of which, uh, the next matchup I have on my list, the Vikings and Bears. Vikings obviously need to win this matchup. Now, they can be the number one seed in the NFC if Philly and San Francisco both lose. Correct. And they're in. They're in. They must win. Yep. And I think they need Dallas to lose as well. Oh, correct. So they need a lot out. Yeah, Yeah, they do. I mean, the home field advantage is really going to matter because no one wants to play in Philadelphia. Fuck no. Philadelphia. No, dude. It's a terrible city. <laughs> the airport sucks. <laughs> the stadium sucks. <laughs> Their fans mostly suck. I'm sure some of them are good people, but they're not bringing their best. Was that a Donald Trump yeah. impersonation? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Love it. They're rapists, drug dealers, killers, thieves. They're not bringing their best. That is spot on, dude. I'm sure some are good people. 
<laughs> well done. Cheers to that. We need to build a wall on the southern border. <laughs> keep them out at all costs. See, yeah, I, I can't keep do the it. Eagles fans out of the stadium. <laughs> oh boy, I love it. All right, so yes, the Vikings are playing the Bears this weekend. I, I think the spread here should probably be a bit higher than seven and a half. Um, but but then I again, know. I mean, the Vikings have proven to be a mediocre team during this this latter half of the season. I mean, yeah, they kind of stink sometimes. They they really do. They, they really are do. a roller coaster for they the really past do. few weeks. When they lose, they they lose bad. Very true. Very true. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were one 61-yard field goal away, too, from losing to the Giants. Uh-huh. You know? And, like, the games they lost, Eagles, 24-7. Cowboys, 40-3. Lions, 34-23. A game in which they led. Uh, actually, no, they did not lead that one. Check, check. That's a big check, check. And they lost to the Packers. They got smoked yeah, in yeah, Lambeau, 41-17. Yeah. And now they're going to ask them to go play at Soldier Field against the Bears offense. That's, frankly, the only positive side of the team right now. <laughs> Their defense ain't stopping nobody. Of an otherwise piss-poor team. Yes, yeah. very much so. Now, much okay, so. okay. So, that, so here's an interesting stat, speaking of the Bears offense. Justin Fields is heading into this matchup 64 yards shy of a, the single-year quarterback rushing record. But, of course... He won't be able to meet that because he's been ruled out of this matchup with a yeah, hip injury. Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman. Okay, I'll give you five. Damn it, I forgot the fifteen dollars. But I, okay, I will give you five additional dollars to make it around twenty if you can guess where Nathan Peterman went to college. <laughs> give me a second. Yes. Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman. He went to college at. Eastern Carolina University. Eastern Carolina University. Yeah, that's probably not right. Are you sure about that? No, no, no. I'm definitely not sure. Okay, I'm guessing that he. You're, you know, you know the answer, do you? I don't no. actually, but I want to say, I want to say it's a Big Ten team. I'm almost positive it's a Big Ten team. Is it Michigan State? I want to say it is. Oh, we went to Pitt. Damn it. Nathan Peterman. <laughs> ACC? Shit, dude. Yeah, ACU, ACC. <laughs> Same thing. I really had no idea. Okay, so he was picked in the fifth round of the 2017 draft. Yeah, he was on... Uh, uh, he was drafted by, by the Bills. Yep. He was on What's-His-Name Quarterback Show. He Who Must Not Be Named. <laughs> John Gruden. <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right john gruden okay so that's why he's like nathan peterman yes that guy can play football yes let's check this out what do you call this play spider 2y banana dude his favorite fucking play spider 2y banana what does that play even mean dude? there's okay. definitely a fullback spider 2y kind. banana it's two to play the left call. the y is in tight and it runs like a like an like an over, like a seven yard over. Here we are. Okay. Does it give so, a diagram? Uh, there is a diagram, but the picture is not showing, unfortunately. Well, there you have it. Spider two Y banana. Yeah, Spider two Y banana. So the protection is Spider two. The route is Y banana. Y banana. Yeah. Okay, but of the course, Y's run on a banana. See, um, 
Okay, so Spider 2, this tells the offensive lineman to slide protection post-snap. Note that the first two letters in the word spider is SP for slide protection. That's that's fun. Okay, okay. Dude, it's it's amazing to think that the NFL has plays that are like 20 words long. Yeah. Players need to memorize that. They need to memorize over 100 plays. They got like checkouts, check-ins. Yeah. They got kill plays. They got they're putting in three plays at the line. They got to know them all. They got a bunch of shit. So many fucking plays. It's it's crazy, dude. Um, They're like, we're gonna run Christy right, Jessica L four wide, split left on two on two. Ready, <laughs> check. Did you say on three? <laughs> <laughs> it's so much to to track there. Dear yeah. God, dude. Wow. Hey, Barbara, Barbara. <laughs> Kill, kill, kill! <laughs> Turbo set! Omaha! <laughs> okay, so here it is. Wide, Eddie! Sorry, sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> what Why is that? that? <laughs> so when I, was, when I was working at Mammoth, you know, I used to work the old line. Oh, you did. And, and while we were doing our, uh, our conditioning drills, like our tempo runs, I'd do the cadence that we use like, in the game. Well, like, I practice, you know, just do the quarterback cadence. So I'd be like, "Why? Why said go? <laughs> Red, Red said go." And I, and like there also be like a number cadence. Blue would be on two, so I'd be like, "Blue, blue said go, go." <laughs> I love it. Doing the cadence, sixteen, sixteen said go. <laughs> I'd be like. Yo, 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 train low, train low, train low. That means, like, let the edge guy come off. Okay. Yeah, so he used to say train low is the left side, train high the right side. Gotcha. I think maybe it was field boundaries with how they dictated that one. I don't know exactly. Field boundary, okay. But, yeah, it was... There's so many terms. It was it's a good time. amazing. Yeah. It was a good time. That is fun. That <laughs> is fun. Wow. So, um, most teams going into an NFL game select between 75 and 100 pass plays for a game. About 15 to 20 running plays per game. Wow. But just, I mean, that is well more than, that is the maximum of like 120 plays going into one game. That's wild. Damn. God, dude. A lot of plays. They have to memorize so much. Whereas the kicker and the punter, they (laughs) have to memorize one play. Like like red, white, and blue for like right, middle, left. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe like two fakes, which you'll never run. Sure. Or you'll run them like once. Yeah. In the preseason. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Good times. Life as a specialist. Dude, it was a great time. Like, oh, it was you're a great a squib time. kick this time. <clears throat> you got yeah. it, coach. That's right, dude. Onside right. kick, there's no pressure on me. These, these things only work like 8% of the time anyway. They do. Yeah. They do. Yeah. So I'm just going to kick the damn thing and yeah. good luck. I attempted, let's see, besides extra points, my junior year at PLU as their college kicker, I think I attempted eight. Field goals. We almost never kicked, dude. Yeah, we were always that that uh, fourth and short. Go for it, team. We're going for it. Um, but of those six, I think I made four. Um, and then there would have been a seventh, but we called a fake on that. Yeah, and did, did you? Successfully... The ball went to the punter. I had to run out wide right. Um, the ball thankfully was thrown to our tight end on the left, so I didn't have to, t- to worry about getting fucking smashed. So. Uh, nah, you would have been covered. Uh, maybe it wouldn't maybe. have been my anyone big. 
Like I'm trying to think who has the kicker, right? It's it's usually <laughs> who like has the kicker, like like the Nickelback or something like sure. that. You know, it, sure. it's not their DN spying you. <laughs> Two hundred and sixty pounds of man. Yeah, <laughs> I got the kicker. <laughs> He's I, mine. I got the spy on the kicker. <laughs> All right, number ninety eight. Like <laughs> fucking chill, dude. Dude, but it was my my goal three years as the PLU kicker to weigh like 190 pounds for nothing, just like be this mass of a being, and uh, just just kick kick the ball a lot. But I I prided myself every every um, testing day. I was always the specialist who could bench and squat the most, and uh, I I was like, God damn, dude, okay, goal met. Yeah, Boom. specialists were either one of one of two things like. They said, well, the ones I worked with, there weren't yeah. many, like, average specialists in the weight room. They were either awful mm-hmm. or they were, like, great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've had my fair share of each. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, uh, shout out to uh, Ryan Cost. He never improved. Not in the weight room. <laughs> but, hey, man, he was an all-conference kicker, so, well, all-conference punter. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow, dude. Good for him. So the kid could just bomb it. Yeah, he, he can boot him. Okay. He can boot him. Right on. I've caught a couple of his kicks. Used Excellent, to always dude. go that pregame. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll okay. tell you about a time in Montana where I was a ball hawk. Every every kick was caught that <laughs> you day. You were a ball hawk. Every kick I love was it, caught. Dude. In pregame, I caught every kick that day. I every love kick, it, dude. There were ones I ran across Ooh. the field for. Got under it. Got it. Returned it. Threw it back. Got reset. Got the next one. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> I'm a kick return machine. <laughs> dude. Okay. Speaking of punning, right here. Uh, the single season record for gross average could get surpassed this year. Um, the record right now is 51.4 yards per punt. That was actually set in 1940 by Sammy Baugh. What a pimp, dude. Okay, so Ryan um, Stonehouse for the Titans. Absolute beast, dude. He's averaging 53 yards a punt. Mm-hmm. And he's also had to punt 87 times, which is... The most... The second most in the league. The first most, of course, Atlanta. is the Broncos, uh, Broncos punter who's had to punt 91 times. But Ryan Stonehouse getting it done, dude. The man has, let's see, what's his long? 74. That has to be tied for the most in, in, in the league right now. No, it's not. Brian Anger with an 83-yard long. That's Damn, a boot. Dude, 83 yards. That's a boot. I actually saw this clip on, uh, on Twitter today. Yeah. This kid hit a punt 110 yards. Like, it literally went from... His goal line and just took an amazing bounce. <laughs> oh, nice! And, yeah, and just rolled all the way to the opposite end zone. Damn! <clears throat> it's Tim Tico that's bottom. Yeah, I'm like I'd be so disappointed. Holy I'm like telling shit. you, you couldn't run the whole length of the field by the time the ball stopped. Like, come on! Right. That could have been a record punt. That could have been a 99 yard punt. Yeah. If someone just got their ass down there. Uh huh. Yeah, that, that, it was insane. I was like, no way. That's wild, yeah, dude. dude. Mega damn, bounce, wild. rolled right down the field. It must have been just a line drive. It, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I bet that kick maybe had four and a half seconds of, of hang time. That's, that's, hang that's time. it. It is. I mean, that, I would but say that, way under four and a half. Mm, I would say like 3.8. If, if the ball is going that far, yeah, three three point eight sounds a bit, yeah. a bit right. Four and a half is a long time. It is. That's like an NFL It is Because if you hit five, that's legit. I think yeah, like 5.5 is like oh. elite. Yeah, it Elite. is. It is. Dude, that, let's that was what's his name, like McBride from the Cowboys. Oh yes, that's right. Who, 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 like 
single-handedly right. made Jerry Jones raise the scoreboard because he kept hitting it. Yeah. He was jacked, too. Oh, my God. Okay. Five, seven, one's the record? Yes. Who had it? For longest hang time. Jesus uh, Christ. Tommy Townsend. I bet if they tried to get straight up, they could break that. Yeah. Dude, on YouTube. The man. So, um, okay. I will give you $5. Second time here. I yeah. will give you five bucks if you know where Tommy went to college. Tommy who? Tommy Townsend. Tommy Townsend. The punter for the Chiefs. Punter for the Chiefs. I'll give you... Oh, that's a beautiful pun. Tommy Damn. Townsend. Look at this. Can you give me a hint? Uh, yes. It is a school in the SEC. SEC. Tommy Townsend went to... Auburn. Oh, so close. Alabama. Florida. Damn. <laughs> It's not close. <laughs> it's not really close at no. all. No. <laughs> I wanted to make you Auburn, Alabama, like geographically, like Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Yeah, that's, that's close, man. Sure, sure. <laughs> Auburn, Florida. Oh, I right. love it. I love Same it. Same conference, you're right. It's not that far away, but still, you don't really associate the two. No, no. Definitely not. Okay, so where were we? We were talking uh, about the playoff Vi- picture. Uh, we just discussed the Vikings and the Bears. That's right. Uh, we That's had to right. move on to Bengals-Ravens, the most controversial game uh, as far as playoff seeding is concerned because the Bengals, Bengals really Ravens. no longer control their own fate. Uh, they they got to win this game, and then they're going to need a lot of help in order to um, claim any, any kind of buy. Uh, granted, they do have the third seed locked in already, but in order for them to get the first round, let's see if I can find it. Da 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 I had this prepared beforehand actually. I was waiting to do that song, so you're fine. You're fine. Let's go down to it. Let's go down to it. I know you gotta pull it up right there, right? Yeah, I'm trying to find it too. Um basically though, I think I think I think I could break it down. So so like they need to win against Baltimore, obviously. Yep. Right. And, win, and like I said, they already have a third seed clinch. But in order for them to get the home field, they need the Bills to lose. They need to beat the Ravens. And then they need... Sorry. I don't think they can do it anymore. No, they cannot. the Chiefs, if they win, they already got it. Mm-hmm. True. Okay. True. So I take that back. Now, way. okay. So if the Bengals do win this matchup and the yes. Bills lose, it will come down to a coin flip there for the number two and three seeds in the AFC just because of what happened this past Monday night. I did have that coin flip pulled up. Here it is. Okay, so... You have the captains play rock, paper, scissors at that point. Like, you might as well, A dude. coin flip? Yes. The site of the game for the wild card round will be determined by a coin toss supervised by Roger Goodell. Okay, so here's what all needs to happen for that coin flip to actually occur. And for the Ravens... Um, I'm sorry, for the Bengals to be in contention for that that two seed. Um, uh, Wait, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I think you were right, dude. Yes? Yeah. Because like I said, the the Bengals already have the three seed locked up. Right. They can get to the two seed. If the Bills lose, they have to win. Mm -hmm. And then I believe, like you said, there's a coin flip. Right. Exactly. In the exactly. same way that the Baltimore Ravens uh, 
there's a different coin flip for them as well. Right. Now, okay, so this, this coin flip is, is only based on if the Ravens beat the Bengals on Sunday. Because oh, okay. then that would pit them against each other potentially for the wild card round. I see. For the 3-5 game. I see. Um, I'm sorry, for the 3-6 game. So um, what also needs to happen besides that is the Chargers need to beat the, the Broncos. Um for the, the coin flip to actually happen to determine who would host that, that home game between That's correct, the Ravens and the Bears. because they both have the, the same Bears. record at 10-6. Right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. All right, coin so flip, that's that's an interesting way to do it, dude. Yikes. Who do you yeah. think is going to make it in this weekend, man? Like, we got, we got to start making some picks on the AFC side. Yeah, we do, we do, we do. Um, so looking at the current picture here, definitely going to pick the, the Bengals. Okay, definitely so gonna pick the Bills. The Bengals are gonna win over the Ravens. Yep. The Bills are gonna win over the Patriots. Yes. So that means that the Bills will lock in at two. Uh huh. Because I think you picked the Chiefs to cover as well. Right. 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 So the number one and two seeds in the AFC will remain unchanged after this weekend. Yes. That is my prediction. Yes. Okay. So Chiefs one, Bills two. Mm hmm. Uh, Patriots would then are they gonna slide out or are they gonna slide in? Who you taking Jacksonville? You, you, you took Jacksonville. Yes, yes, I did. So that seven spot right there, the grand finale, the last remaining vestige of the AFC playoffs. So that's a three-way tie between the Pats, Dolphins, and Steelers. Yeah. Um, now the Pats, <clears throat> they, they, they they can lose and still make it in. They sure can. They sure can because they they do have that tie break over Pittsburgh. Yes. Which helps. Okay. Is, so you think the Jets defeat Miami? Um, you know, no Tua. No Tua. Bridgewater didn't look that great. He got hurt. And then yep. we got uh, your boy Skyler. <laughs> Skyler Thompson. Yeah, that's right. Gunsling and Skyler, bro. That's right. That's right. Not the worst backup. No, no. Mike White didn't look that much more effective himself last week. He really did not. So dude. which one are you going to get? So this is the game of the quarterback-less teams. I'm going to pick the Jets in this matchup. I, I, I do think, even though they have been eliminated, they just have too much talent on the defensive side of the ball. And they're a Super Bowl defense team. They, they really are, dude. And I, I realize they're going up against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and the electric Dolphins offense, but they won't have Tua. So they won't have the main orchestrator of that symphonic offense. I think so, Skylar Thompson, uh, he proved earlier this season that he, he can go out and win some games. I sure. Think he went, I think he went one one and one in his two starts earlier this season. Yeah. He'll be able to put up enough points to beat the Jets. Yes. I suspect Mike White will struggle once again. He was just making some bad throws last week. He missing was, receivers yeah. mainly behind them, uh-huh. which isn't right. something that like you really see too often. Right. Uh, as far as where a quarterback is going to miss and it quite literally causing his receivers to miss catches that they should ultimately be making just because they have to readjust and and actually like reach back to make those catches. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Very so true. I think that the Dolphins are going to win this game pretty easily. Okay. At the end. Okay. Like, like seventeen, nah, not easily twenty to ten. You want to bet five bucks on it? Dolphins Jets. Yeah, um, I'll add it to your tab. <laughs> I add it to your tab. <laughs> oh, that that tab is overdue. This is just going to keep on going. Let's keep it going. It is. Let's keep it going, dude. I'm betting, okay. I'm betting with house money right now. Yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. <laughs> The award for the most meaningless game, potentially of all time. No, not all time. This season, though, yes. Okay. In 2022, 
Texans Colts. The Texans, I mean, at the same time, the Texans have have not locked in the number one draft pick. Yeah, they so should lose. They should lose on purpose. They really should. Like they have every incentive for this game to start all of their third string guys and lose this. But even then, they might start their their first string guys and still. It's lose. really not going to matter though if they go one or two. I don't think uh, right a quarterback is going to go one overall anyway, unless the Texans have that pick. Uh huh. Right because. Uh huh. Who's potentially going to number one? The Bears are next. Bears They're are not going to get out of Justin Fields. Right. He's proven to be, hopefully, their franchise quarterback moving forward. For sure. So For sure. The Texans are most likely going to take um, Bryce, Bryce Young. Young. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Agreed. he seems to be the best candidate quarterback Agreed. right now. Yeah. Now, who could potentially have the number three pick? Could be the Seahawks. Yeah. Because the Broncos are right next in line. And yeah. thanks to last year's trade with Russ, we did receive the Broncos' first-round draft pick this year. So we could use that on... Jalen Carter to improve that D-line. One of the best prospects at his spot yeah. easily for the past decade. So we'll talk about the uh, CFP, CFP later on uh, in the podcast. But uh, Jalen Carter kind of disappeared in the uh, Peach Bowl this yes, past he weekend. Did. Was not was not at all like impactful in this game. He was a non-factor and he didn't even opt out of the game. He no. he, he played. He did play. Yeah, he did totally. Play. Now, okay, question for you. Yes, just steering off towards the college room very quick. Were there any players who actually sat out of that CFP game? Between not of the college football playoff. No, okay, no. okay. Unless they're already injured, because I would, I would really hope players would not sit out. That's that's a great opportunity to um, improve your your draft stock, if nothing else. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of torn between the opt out. <clears throat> Fuck it, we'll talk about this now. Um, <laughs> I like it. No theme required. Yeah. So, with regards to the opt-out, I mean, if you're a guy that knows already that you're going to be like a top one, top two draft pick, a Thursday draft pick, a day one draft pick, like, I have no issue at all if you want to sit out the game because it really doesn't mean anything. At least not, not with regards to your future. The college football playoff, it has its own level of prestige. So it's ultimately going to be your call whether or not you actually want to go out and compete in that game. Very true. But if you're a guy that sits out, I'm not going to feel betrayed at all. I get that the fans, you know, the school and other players might want you to play. But I think as far as understanding and having empathy for the situation, you know, why would you waste an opportunity to quite literally go make millions of dollars when your shelf life is going to be lucky to be five years? Exactly. So you have to go out and make the money where you can because that window is so small. It is. Now, with NIL deals, I think the opt-outs might change a little bit because some of these guys have already made a decent chunk of change. So not the ones that are opting out this year, like the Will Levises of the world at Kentucky because he only got the last year of the NILs. But some of the guys coming up that, that already had like you know $1.2 to $2.5 million made through NILs, you know, maybe you will see them playing more bowl games because of the fact that they already cash in on their general value. Um, I don't think it should hurt a player's stock unless there's someone that's going to be a bit more borderline that just needs to put more out there on film. Um, but if I'm a NFL scout and I've got three, four seasons of film on them, I'm not going to count one bowl game against them. Again, if they know that they're either going to get drafted or e- even have the potential to get drafted, it- it's it's quite honestly their call, and it shouldn't affect their stock altogether. 
Well said, dude. Well said. I, I don't think I can add anything onto that that would further your perspective. I don't think I could. I yeah, that that was like your monologue. <laughs> the one that you muted? Yes. Yes, exactly. Well done, sir. We we can't job. We can't mute each other anymore unless I reach over and tap the right. button. That's right. Exactly. I will never forget that time. Yeah, me neither. I really thought we had two mics and indeed we only had no, one. We did not. <laughs> we did not. <laughs> so, I'm so glad we had that tangent on college football but it is time to we gotta talk about nfc real quick steer back towards the nfc here um i was just looking at the bucks game against the falcons bucks need to win this to obviously secure their number four spot because the saints are hot on their tail at seven and nine um now however the saints are playing shoot the saints would be the the panthers have clinched their division this game doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because they have the tie break with everybody. Yeah, that, that is true. In fact, the Bucks primarily only won in their division. Right. Okay, so with this game... in the conference, though. Yeah, with, with, with this game being um, a non-factor then in that regard, do you think they would sit Tom Brady? No. No. Okay. Maybe in the second half. Sure. I couldn't even tell you who their backup is. It's, it's probably some old veteran like Brian Schwab. Older than Tom Brady? Never. Okay. Depth chart. They gotta draft a quarterback. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do, dude. Okay, Bucks. Blaine Gabbert. Oh. Yes, you're you're correct. And then Kyle Trask. What I say, old old guy. Yeah, Blaine is easily the pride of Missouri. Yes, the pride of Missouri, dude. He's in his eleventh uh, year. Okay, yeah, I was gonna guess twelfth year. Yeah. Okay, $5 again. Where did Kyle Trask go to college? Iowa. Oh. Same as Tommy Townsend. <laughs> did he really? Yeah. <laughs> you went... Florida. You went to Florida? Yep. Oh. yep. Yeah, yeah, he was the last pick in the second round of the 21 draft. Okay. Good, yeah. Good for Kyle. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Shout yeah. out to Kyle. Yes, dude. Friend of the show. We see you. Friend of the show. All right, so ASC playoff picture. We already dissected the Dallas game. What has to happen there? Right. Uh, San Francisco can get the one seed. Philadelphia has to lose. They have to win. Uh, Minnesota needs some help. Uh, They have to win. Philly lose. San Fran lose. Dallas lose. Uh, Tampa Bay we already talked about. Uh, Dallas Cowboys already talked about. Uh, Giants clinch the sixth seed. So we have a very intriguing uh, two matchups. Both are on Sunday, one on Sunday night. Looking forward to both games. Uh, Seattle won. We're going to. Yes. They got to win. It's a must-win game for them. If they win, then they're all going to be watching very attentively to the result of the Detroit-Green Bay game. Right. And they'll have enough time to shower, get food, go home, pop on the couch, probably get some treatment, maybe a little Theragun, Normatec boots, you know, some ice bath, whatever they got planned for the post game. <laughs> Um, good meal, of course. Oh, I love and it. And they're, they're going to go watch the game between Detroit and Green Bay. If they do win, Detroit's got nothing to play for other than pride. And I know that Dan motherfucking Campbell is going to have the guys fired up no matter the result of the, of the Seattle Seahawks versus L.A. Rams game. Yes. Uh, Aaron Rodgers needs the win. Needs the win. And if he wins this game, I think it's really going to cement his legacy in Green Bay. Not that he already, the, the, the two-time MVP hasn't already. 
but mm-hmm. as a guy that brought this team back from the dead, the dead, the depths, mm-hmm. the fucking gulag, basically, <laughs> you got a second live playing Call of Duty. Sorry, Kyler Murray. Props <laughs> to you. Hope you heal quickly. Oh. If you know, you know. Um, I love yeah. it. Aaron Rodgers playing at the top of his game. His connection with those young receivers is finally following through. You know, I think having that veteran presence of Randall Cobb in the locker room all year long has allowed his receivers to grow and, you know, develop that rapport that they needed. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, just he's a gamer. He's a baller, man. He's a fucking shot caller. He so, is, dude. He is. It's amazing to think that the Packers in the middle of this season were 1-7. and seven. Yeah. They were absolutely awful. So you're right. They they did come back from the dead. They were resurrected from Mr. Rogers. Relax. Relax. Okay. That that is fun. Oh. So who are you gonna take this weekend, man? This oh. time it's personal. This time it is very personal. Seahawks will win. The Rams are just too battered, too injured on offense. Yes. I do believe in yes. Baker Mayfield. He has been fun to watch since his trade to the Rams just a few weeks ago, really. Um, but besides Baker, I mean, he he, he doesn't have Cooper Cup to throw to. Um, and I also believe uh, one of their other receivers is out. Don't quote me on that. But, I mean, the number one besides Cooper Cup would probably be Van Jefferson or... Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby or um, Allen Robinson. Allen, who they don't use. Who they never use, dude. Same with Cam Decker. Uh, Cam, uh, what's his name? Cam Akers. Oh, right, right, right. Who actually was in talks of leaving the team earlier this year. So very, very interesting dynamic on that offense. But taking the Seahawks here, they are playing at home. Lumen Field is the second loudest stadium in the NFL. Get ready, dude. It's about to be loud. It's about to be loud. Ken Walker going for 1,000 yards, too, in the rookie year. That's right. Only That's right. needs 64. He's he's had a baller-ass year, dude. Take the over, 64. Yes. Yes, definitely yeah. taking that, that yeah, over. I'm excited to watch okay, that. Okay, so we're both taking the Seahawks. Yes. Which makes the nightcap super important. All the more interesting. Indeed. What's Indeed. Gonna, what's going to happen? As much as I hate to say it. Uh, Detroit. I do think Detroit will lose. Damn. Yeah, I do. Detroit I do. will win. I mean, I, I would love to see that because that, that would help the Seahawks so much. But Aaron Rodgers, winner of four straight games. Um, MCDC just as hot. It's tough to go against him. But but you are right. <clears throat> Lions look fa- fantastic too. Um, it's it's going to be quite a matchup. But shit, dude. At the same time, though, last time these two teams played, Aaron Rodgers was picked off three times. Oh, yeah. So pretty sure the Lions won that game, right? They did. They did, dude. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then also Jamal Williams must own fantasy back for the last week of the championship. I am starting him. Thank God I did. Um, I should have started him last week. God, shoot. Oh well. Um, but he has a chance tomorrow. I mean Sunday. To break the franchise record for most rushing touchdowns in a single season, 16, set by the famous Barry Sanders. So that's okay. something to watch for there. Good for Jamal. Very fun. And Excited. obviously he is the rushing touchdown leader uh, coming off a season high, massive performance against the Bears. So very interesting here. Obviously if the Packers win, they do clinch a playoff spot. 
it's it's hard to go against Green Bay of a game this mag of this magnitude. I've seen Aaron Rodgers do it time and time again. Um, I'm going to be rooting for for the Lions the, the entire matchup. Um, not only because I want the Seahawks to advance to the playoffs, but just because um, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. Off the field, he kind of seems like a dick. So um, I just I just want to see the Seahawks salvage something from a very potentially lost year in which they they absolutely tanked the latter half of their season. So um, bring us some hope, Seattle. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Seahawks, Lions. It's yep. happening. Yep. It's happening. I, I, right. I would love to see it. So okay. A couple things in the NFL before we transfer over. Yeah. Uh, Got to talk about the situation between Jeff Saturday protecting his quarterback, Nick Foles, after a, I believe it was a Kayvon Thibodeau sack. And then there is a bit of a, oh. a verbal tussle between the two exchanges, at least via social media, or post-game interview, and then I believe social media, where Jeff Saturday, very upset by Kayvon's reaction. He didn't do not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, not eight, not nine, but ten. Ten snow angels on the ground right next to a Nick Foles body that was quite literally convulsing on the ground. So, who was at fault here? Kayvon stayed. He did not know what happened while he was doing said sack celebration. He thought he just made a big play and that Nick Foles was... Dancing? That is savage, dude. That is absolutely savage. Watching Nick sputter on the ground as if he is dying, and Thibodeau is right next to him doing snow, snow angels. angels. That is that was. I mean, that is a, a very legal hit. It's a vicious hit, but the celebration is a bit much, dude. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, he claims he didn't know what was happening. Uh, well, he was it all the way? looking straight up. So yes, yes. He had I no think that, awareness that there, of there is potential to not know. Um, like I said, I will <laughs> never know the answer if he did or did wow. not know what happened. What a dick, though. However, I find the more intriguing part to be the second part of this, of this little controversy, as we shall say, where Kayvon Thibodeau goes to claim that Saturday, who the heck is he? <laughs> He had no idea who Jeff Saturday was. No way. That's true. That's what he stated. That is actually true. He did not know who Jeff Saturday was. Wow. Which makes me question, is everybody going to know who an all-pro center is? Yeah. I mean, Probably I... Probably not. I, I, Probably not. Well... If I asked you who Joe Thomas was, him, you would know. Yes. But if I go ask, you know, someone who's maybe even even a player of the game... They gotta know who Joe Thomas is. Because mm-hmm. if you're a player, it doesn't always make you a mega fan. Like, you might follow it, like, follow a team. But if yeah. you're a Baltimore Ravens fan, are you gonna know who the Cleveland Browns starting center is? Probably, actually. Because uh, they play each other twice a year. That's but, right. Yeah. You know, if you're, like, um, an old San Diego Chargers fan, that's where I said San Diego, are you gonna know who Joe Thomas is? Not necessarily. Probably not. Because how many of those AFC North games are you watching? Very few. Yeah, not many. The national televised yeah. ones. Yeah. So okay. is everybody going to know Jeff Saturday, especially Kayvon Thibodeau, who I believe was a second-year player? Is he a rookie? No, no, I believe he's a rookie. I mean, is he, was he? Bo- he was born in 2003. He's... Oh, my God. That's absolutely amazing, dude. And Jeff Saturday retired, what, 2007? Yeah. So, yeah, he was four. <laughs> okay, so, dude, Thibodeau 
even though I'm I'm not a big fan of, of of what he did after that sack, he has a fantastic quote. Holy shit, dude! Yeah, the man is a beast. Yeah, quote: "You don't play the game for anybody to get injured, but I play defense. They brought me here to be a savage and to take over the game and to impact the game. We preach impacting the game is affecting the quarterback, and that's what I'm here to do." End quote. Yep, dude, fantastic. Okay, I see you, dude. Love me or hate me. Yeah, all you could do is watch. Exactly, dude. And that's what you did. Exactly. That reminds me of the Rams-Saints game um, a few years back when I believe it was in the playoffs and the refs made that that no call for defensive pass interference. And the cornerback for the Rams after that game said, Wolves do not concern themselves with the opinions of sheep. I was like, oh my God, you are fantastic. (laughs) I'm only here so I don't get fired. Exactly, dude. Oh, or maybe it was the cornerback for the Saints. Don't quote me on that. I, it might have been Marshawn Lattimore. Um, yeah. Anyway, interesting, dude. Interesting from Thibodeau. I like the quote. Not so much the tasteless celebration. Um, yeah. Yeah. That is. That is bad. High potential. High potential. We didn't know, and I think there's also high potential we did know. So mm-hmm. it's a 50-50, so Ty favors the runner. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? All right. Let's pivot. College football playoff. Yes. The most exciting college football semifinal weekend of all time. Yes. Two games, both nail biters. Both games came down to the end. TCU pulls it off with, with really what was a, a, almost like an epic collapse in the fourth quarter, being up by as many as 15 points. And then Jim Harbaugh's team almost pulled off the improbable comeback, and it, it, it took a, a, a last-second... No, wait, that was Georgia game. It took a, a couple defensive stops by the, the TCU defense in order to finally steal that game. Right, right, exactly. Speaking of the Horn Frogs... TC was the first team to play for a national title after entering the season unranked. Oh. How crazy is that, dude? They're currently number three in the nation. Yeah. And before this year even began, they were un- unranked. Well, they started off the season hot by they beating sure the did. worst team in the country, Colorado. <laughs> they won 30-7. to seven. Oh, you would have expected that, that's, that scoreline to be a bit more... Disparate. I mean, at least fifty to six. Well, right? I knew that they were going to lose. Yeah, but no one knew how good TCU was yet. So, in my opinion, you know, the Bucks played a better first half against TCU than Michigan did. Yeah, yeah, Very that's true. right. I said it. That's right. I just compared them. <laughs> Come at me, fans, bro. So, let's just talk about a couple key players that we're looking at with sure. uh, TCU. You know, everyone knows Max Duggan. All right, Duggan is going to be out there looking for some touchdown passes. He's right, a gamer. He's, he's really throwing to one guy, though, Quinton Johnson. All right, let's talk about Quinton Johnson. He's 6'4", 215 pounds, and has 4'3 speed. Pro scouts are salivating, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he's going to be the X factor of this offense. But yeah, they've also got a bunch of other skill guys. Uh, they got a really good, really good running back, I believe, through uh, the, the pride of the transfer portal. Um but really, my eyes are going to be focused on, like I said, this kid, Quinton Johnson, who, who is going to be a first-round draft pick. Dude, he's averaged almost 18 and a half yards per catch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, the man gets a first down when he catches he's, the he's ball. He's the deep threat. He's yeah, he is. He's the deep threat. And, and 
Yeah. When we compare skill players to skill players, I don't care if you're an SEC quarterback or a Big 12 cornerback. I said cornerback, not quarterback. Cornerback. Uh, the skill guys are going to match up how they're going to match up. All right? Mm-hmm. It's not quite the same as, as matching up in the trenches based upon size. And, you know, these two schools, uh, th- that, that defensive front from Georgia is going to have a tough time, you know, handling two guys on, on the TCU line whose names are not coming to my mind right now. But don't worry, I heard on Seattle radio this, this morning, and I did a little bit of research on it. And it's true. They have two offensive linemen that are probably going to be third, potentially fourth-round draft picks. So, so two linemen that we're going to start seeing play on Sundays, right? So we're going to find out, and it's going to be a really good litmus test for guys like Carter, who last week disappeared in the Peach Bowl, He was not earlier. Right, right. So we're going to get an opportunity to see a couple of guys that we're going to be watching on Sundays in this championship game, which I am really looking forward to. Yeah. Now, the quarterback situation, you know, I don't think Stetson Bennett, um, outside of maybe like a, like a pretty badass name, uh, he'll probably be like a day three guy, maybe a fifth or a sixth round draft pick. Sure. And then Duggan, the same thing. He might be a sixth or a seventh round draft pick. Uh, he hasn't really wowed too many guys as far as the actual playability at quarterback. He he, he reminds you of like um, a super athletic, likes to run first, um, kind of looks like Tim Tebow <laughs> in his own in his own respect. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's going to get drafted very high. No, I don't either. Now, an, a name to watch out here for on the TCU defense, speaking of badass names, Travius Hodges Tomlinson. So he is cur- currently ranked as the nation's top DB, five foot nine, one hundred and seventy-seven pounds. The man is small, but he gets the the job done. So this will ultimately be a game of who has the better defense. I think both offenses are explosive enough to pose a massive threat to their opposition, but it's really about who has the ball last and who is is able to really throw the opposing quarterback into a frenzy first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we saw last week that, that the the vaunted Georgia defense was really some Swiss cheese last week. Yes. I mean, they're getting points score on them left and right. Ohio State scored so many unanswered points to, to end that, that game, even though they lost. Um, they still had quite a resurgence there. In that I mean, they put up a 40 spot quarter. on the best defense in the country. Yeah. You know, guy, the guys that have the NFL written all over them. Right. So... I think that this TCU offense, as explosive as it can be, you know, that they've been averaging as as a team. I think it's upwards of like three point eight yards on average per play, right? Uh, offense is a three point four three point four gains per game of thirty plus yards. Wow! So in other words, they're a really big play offense. Yeah, right? they are. So they're going to go for those big chunk plays, and I think they're going to have the opportunities against you know what not necessarily a porous secondary, but a vulnerable secondary. Of that Georgia defense. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I think Georgia's going to be Georgia's the better team, but TCU definitely has a shot to upset and uh, and cover that thirteen and a half point spread right now. They do. I would do. love to see TCU wins. I think Georgia wins. Kirby Smart becomes the first ever repeat CFP champion. I do too. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Kirby Smart is a fantastic coach. He's a, a defensive mastermind. Um, funny story here. Kirby Smart's first job, which was at Samson, he was paid just $8,000 to be the either the DB coach or the D, the defensive coordinator. Obviously, two very different roles, but 
It's probably a DB coach. It wasn't DC. Yeah, yeah I think DC so. DC ain't getting beat at Samson. No, no. <laughs> now, he's a quality control guy, too. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So when, he's, when he first stepped into the room with the then head, head coach um, and then one of his assistants, Kirby was so nervous writing up the team's defense that he actually wrote 12 players on the whiteboard. And the head coach is like, Kirby, I love what you're doing here. You're brilliant. But you need to subtract one one player from that board. And Kirby's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just anxious. Like I'm excited, but also I need to get down to to business." And he did. God damn, the man is has is a wizard. So um, just a fun story there. Uh, uh, I'm a big fan of Kirby. Um, I do think Georgia will win this game. What's the spread? Oh, it was thirteen and a half. Wow. To open up. I really hope it doesn't. It's it's not a two t- touchdown game. That I don't be, think so. No, I think it's going to be a lot closer than that. I, I do too. I, I think Vegas is giving them too many points. Uh, yeah, I was thinking single digits at least. For nine, sure. You want to go nine and a half? Sure. For Take sure. Georgia minus nine and a half, but I don't, uh-huh. I don't think it's going to be thirteen. No, I don't, I don't either. I don't either. Do a high scoring game. Do you want to come over to to watch it on Tuesday night? Okay. Potentially. We Jordan got, can. We got work early can, on on Tuesday. Well, true. True. And 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 that game always goes like four hours. It so. does. It does. I guess it's kind of kind of early here, but yeah, we'll talk about it. Okay. We'll talk. Fair about enough. It. Offline. Yes. Offline. Yes. Okay. Just wanted to extend the invite. I appreciate the invite. <laughs> appreciate the invite. All right, let's move on. MLB. A uh, couple of big signings this week. Um, the biggest one being highlighted by Rafael Devers signing the eleven-year deal, and uh, finally the Red Sox are inking up one of their homegrown players. They let. Mookie Betts, Xander Bogarts, you know, um, a couple other utility players, they let him walk. Uh, guys like Andrew Benatendi, right? Uh, and there's one more that comes to mind uh, that I can't think of right flipping now. But regardless of that, you know, it seems like the Red Sox are letting some of their homegrown guys go, and I don't know why. Like, they're, they're clearly all pro players, you know, and it started off with Mookie Betts gets going to the Dodgers. You know, met the, the, the Red Sox just didn't want to invest all that money into him. But... They've solidified their left side of the infield uh, with Rafael Devers playing third base for the next decade, plus some. Mm-hmm. Easily. Now, have you also heard about Carlos Correa's fallout with the Mets? Yeah, he's failing his physicals. Yeah, he is. Apparently, he has a lower right leg injury uh. Uh, that that he that has not um, completely gone away. So mm-hmm. I guess the the team docs are still are still a bit scared about that. And then Scott Boris, his his agent, is furious about this because it's been um, he was obviously on the Twins last year, and then the Giants wanted to sign him. That didn't work. Then he goes to the Mets. Mm-hmm. That might not work. So will he go back to the Twins? I I I don't know. That's that's quite a carousel for a player who certainly has a lot of potential, but. Um, Injuries are are a concern for him, and then on the other hand, Devers, dude, he's he's only twenty six. Yeah, he's a young guy. I mean, I mean he's all, a very young guy. All the all, you know, Betts, Devers, Bogarts, like I said, Benatendi, all the guys that went through the Red Sox farm system. Right. That, that three out of four of those guys, they let go. You know, and frankly, their best pitcher last year, Nathan Navaldi, they let him go. They let him go off to the Texas Rangers. Right. I mean, granted, the Rangers are going all in this year. They signed Jacob DeGrom and Nate Evaldi, yeah. two all-stars, are going to start off that rotation. That's, That's not that bad. sleep rotation. That's not uh-huh. that bad. But big shot to Nate Evaldi. I mean, he won you guys the World Series. Yeah. That's true, dude. Yeah, he came in. That's true. 
pitched great in relief. Put his whole put his whole career in the line. He did. Yeah, the movie because he had Tommy John surgery. So yeah, he, he came in ballsy right. as hell. That's right, dude. ballsy as hell. Uh, Red Sox also signed Turner, um, who signed, also signed with the Red Sox. Yeah, Turner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. For, the former Dodger. Not a good yep. year last year. No. Not a good year last year. A year, year. To, to forget. Dude, uh, I, I might play fantasy baseball this year. I just, I didn't follow baseball that much last year. Too much to manage. It, it, it's it's too a many lot games. to manage, dude. It is. It is. But it's just fun. I I think the biggest issue is I just can't find people who would want to play for, for reasons stated by you just now. So I, I was the commissioner of um, a fantasy baseball league for probably three or four years yeah. and, and had a good turnout, but... You know, like two thirds through the year, people will just stop paying attention, and then I. I would. mean, fantasy baseball is where it all started for me. Yeah, like yeah, my group of friends, middle school, had our first fantasy baseball draft at my friend Kyle Malloy's house. That's awesome. Yeah, Kyle <laughs> Malloy, and then and then he started like he he literally dated like his like middle school sweetheart all the way through. I think they got married, dude. Like, Good for him. That's that's yeah, epic. Kyle Malloy disappeared though when he started dating that girl. So oh, he did. R.I.P. to Kyle Malloy. Ah, uh, rest um, in peace. Do you still keep in touch with Kyle? No. 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 No one does. <laughs> really? Well, yeah, you... then the draft switched to Mike Verderisi's house, who I still do talk to. I went snowboarding with him like three years ago or something. Okay, shit. cool. Yeah. Forgot my ski jacket that day. Jordan will tell you that story. Yeah, so I definitely just misread the weather report, and I thought it was just going to be cloudy. Damn. So I didn't bring a raincoat, and it was definitely raining. Mm. I was freezing. God damn, dude. Yeah. Okay, so I showed up to a, a bike race once, and uh, I had forgotten my winter clothing at my mm-hmm. house. The starting temp for that race was 30 degrees. It was right by a lake, so it's just frosty with, with fog. Mm-hmm. And I was the only racer in the Peloton who did not have any long sleeves on. So you're a badass. And the riders were just looking at me like, God damn, are you insane? And then, so went, um, yes, yes, <laughs> foaming at the yeah. mouth. <laughs> so we had three you laps. Around. Like, what, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Right, right. <laughs> so we had three laps around this this lake. On the second lap, I get in a five man breakaway. So we split far ahead of the peloton. And then on that third lap, the the grand finale, my hands are so cold that I I I cannot shift anymore. Yeah. And the guys in the break want me to, to take a pull at the front. I'm, I'm like, guys, I can't shift. I can't go any faster. Just I will gladly finish in fifth and just stay upright, but I cannot move right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I will not be a, a part of this break anymore. So then after the move. race is is over, I get fifth place, and I go back over to my teammate's tent. Um, and one of my teammates is like, dude, ride ride my bike on the stationary trainer i'm gonna give you some towels he he wraps me in in towels i'm still just shivering and then i go to my car i try to heat up for another 10 minutes and i'm still just cold as hell it, it takes me like a half an hour to, to finally get warm it was it was quite the experience damn but um quite a race too it, it was a fun race but i was just cold as shit dude Respect. <laughs> lesson learned for next winter race no doubt bring your gear bring your gear yes sir Yes, sir. Actually, that race at Mason Lake will, will be the first race to kick off our calendar this year in March. Crazy. So, excited, dude. All right, all right, all right. Let's uh, let's dive deep. Let's go on these monologues, Sam. I know oh. you a topic you want to talk about already. Yes, please. And then I deleted um, 
the tab I was going to pull up for this man. Yeah, he's taking notes. Will... Taking notes. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I got to do some pre-show notes. Show that I'm prepared, proactive, ready for the moment. Chris Beard. All right. I will never forget watching him lead Little Rock, a, tw- a 12 seed, up against Purdue, which was a 5 seed. Uh, now, this year, currently ranked number one in the nation for college hoops. Uh, but back then in 2016, they were a 5 seed. That 12 seed, 5 seed upset was so much fun to watch. Oh my goodness. And Chris Beard, this coach that nobody knew at the time, he later became the most coveted coach, one of the most coveted coaches on the market. Um, so, of course, he went to Texas Tech, led those guys, led, led the Raiders to the national title game in 2019. And then his, his ascent continued in 2021 when he was hired by Texas. So he did not move states, but he moved schools, obviously, his alma mater and his quote-unquote dream school to be the Longhorns coach. So the man, I give him so much props for that that career trajectory. I mean, to go from school to school to school like that, like that um, absolutely very commendable career at that point. Things took a, a very drastic turn in 2022. Um, and his his career came to a screeching halt. He was arrested on a felony family violence charge, uh, which then prompted Texas to suspend him without pay. So the guy has this massive fall from grace. He's just he's dwindling in this abyss. <laughs> yes, I mean there there is nothing around him to protect him at, at this moment. You know he's just. Um, the next corner cannot be turned fast enough for, for Chris Beard. And unfortunately, that, that corner did come. Uh, Texas fired Chris Beard. Um, you know, even, even if the allegations have not been completely solved at this point, it's just a headache for the Longhorns to have him. It's a public relations nightmare. So they just need to get... I'm 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 glad they got rid of him. I've I've no respect for for men or for women who um, are alleged assaulters. It's just um, despicable. And uh, Chris Beard, I th- I thought I thought you were the man, dude. Like you had so so many fans nationwide, and you 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 let him down. So it's 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 tough to see that. You know, once once proud coach. The coach who made me smile when a small school from Arkansas beat a, a major team in the college basketball realm back in 2016. You were you were so much fun, dude. So um, thank you for the memories back then. But yikes. <laughs> Good luck to you going forward. But um, please learn from this lesson. I just... Um, I, I wished... This was not part of the news, but of of course it is. And um, Chris Beard, yeah, know. Texas Athletics, yeah. having a good showing. You know, Steve Sarkeesian, yep, head softball coach, giving a finger to the crowd. That's right, dude. Horns down right now. Horns That's right. Horns down. Yeah, it's yeah, a tough, tough time to be domestic, a Longhorns fan. Domestic violence story, man. I feel like. We're both going to be touching upon it, but mine's got a little more due to censorship at the same time. So, 
you know, Dana White caught on video. His wife slapped him. He slapped her back twice. Basically said, fuck around and find out. And, uh, yeah, the wife found out. All right. Um, but the crazy part is that ESPN, just they have not really covered the story at all. And you want to know why? Because there's a massive contract between the UFC and ESPN uh, with regards to ESPN+, plus, plus their pay-per-view package that goes through ESPN. So there's a reason why that they're not covering this Dana White story that much at all. In fact, according to a couple people at ESPN and their Twitter accounts, they have been informed to not pursue this story and to not have that much coverage and ask those really hard questions about it. And um, it kind of reminds me of this FTX story where they're, they're running a lot of these, you know, puff pieces on um, Mr. Sam Bankman. Uh, really, it shows a show that whoever's got the money, whoever's got the influence, they're going to be the ones controlling the news. So if they want so-and-so to be exposed for whatever crime that they may have potentially committed, they're going to go ahead and go do that, which is crazy, crazy part of all this media attention. So at the end of the day, look for independent news sources, read the people you want. I mean, I appreciate ESPN for the service they provide. They do a great job of covering sport, but when it comes to being biased with what they cover outside of just the sports realm, definitely leads a certain direction. Wow, I did not know about the contract there between ESPN and the UFC. Yeah. Damn. If you want to watch um, you know, those pay-per-view UFC fights, you buy them through ESPN. Right, sure, sure. So they have a massive deal with Dana White. Right, right. I, I didn't know that that deal, in essence, protected him. I mean, that's a major assumption yeah. on my part, but it seems to match up pretty well. Yeah, it does. I mean, why are they going to try to harm the character of a, a person who's the president or maybe the CEO or COO of a product that is streamed widely across their platform? Right. You know? Very so, true. A bit controversial on both sides. That was deep. That, that was, was deep. deep. That was deep. Yes. Well, thank you for tuning in once again to listen to No Theme Required. It's a pleasure every week to bring the news that matters to you. To (laughs) you. That matters to us. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess the news that matters, comma, to you. you. Ah, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the edit. They're the object of the verb. Exactly. Well done. Okay. I like that. I like that. Thank you for for the support. You're welcome. That's good. That's good, dude. All right, guys. I guess I'll post two episodes, this one, and last week's episode 15. We'll do that right now. Do it tonight. So thanks again for listening. Yeah, bud. Last note. Happy New Year 2023.